Welcome back to Insurance Happy Hour. I'm Becky. And I'm Larry. So it's December, and I have this problem with December every year. Uh-huh. I think it's going to slow down. I think it's I'm going to get a lot done. That's Because I'm going to have more time to do things and focus most, on things. That's what most people uh, say. And every December, it never happens. I feel busier than ever. I mean, even at, like Christmas aside, right? Like just work, focusing on work here. Like I feel just like there is no time to do all the things I need to do. And I always assume every year I will have more time because it's supposedly going to be slower. Yeah. When is this slow time happening for everybody? Because I don't have it. <laughs> what is this proverbial slow time, and wh- and how do I find it? How do we, how do we schedule a meeting? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because this also happens to me every summer. Mm-hmm. I think it's oh, I'm going to have t- more time in summer to focus on this project that I've been wanting to get to, and I never do. Everybody, I, I think everybody does go. Hey, I, I'm I'm looking forward to the the holidays. Things will slow down. However, you start thinking about 2020, the next year, you start putting all of it in, and then everybody starts having the same thing. Yeah. They're like, this is supposed to slow down, but it's not. I was speaking to someone uh, this week, earlier this week on the road, and they were, oh, yeah, today is my last day for the year. What? <laughs> Where do I sign up for that job? I know. I was like, you got two and a half, you know, oh, I'm taking three weeks off. I'm like, what do you do? <laughs> not much <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, how many people work at your company oh about half of them at any given time <laughs> but uh yeah it it, it I, I agree and then you sit there and you have the schedule and you're like going there's no way i can complete that by the end of the year right like i mean it doesn't help that i'm, I'm planning to take a week off which i have earned that time off but it drastically cuts into my time to get things done in December. And so are you are you scheduling stuff already in uh, January? Oh, I, I I have literally said that that's a problem for January, Becky. <laughs> <laughs> like it's uh yeah, cuz I just I can't get to it this month. So that that's a January Becky problem. <laughs> Future self, please handle this. <laughs> Thank you. You ever leave your yourself notes for the future? Oh yeah. And do you ever give yourself kind of like personal, like, you're did great. <laughs> I have sent myself like postcards in the mail. Like I've, I've done all kinds of things. Uh, I, I, um, <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm a little bit more forward with myself. I'm like, uh, did you, did you suck at that task? Did you actually complete it or did you do a good job? <laughs> or is this still not done yet? I'm like, Lazy future- asshole. Yeah, it's like man, past Laird is a dick. <laughs> I don't like that guy. I, I wish I could go back and and give him a, a good sound talking to. Mm. Oh, yeah, I, I, I'm in the same boat. It's it's slammed for the end of the year. Yep, and uh, I, it, the the list is not getting shorter. No, and well, I mean, when has my list ever gotten shorter? Someone was telling me about. You know, they just – I forget who it was. I don't think it was anybody here. Um, there's, they just don't have a lot to do. And I'm like, what is that like? Because it has been years since I have twiddled my thumb like at work. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what I is, have so what is much this to do. not working thing? <laughs> what, <laughs> what was that like? Because I can't remember. It's been, it's been eight and a half years of solid nonstop work yeah. and projects, which is great. I love it. But – I I don't I can't relate anymore. I, I don't think I could sit around and be idle. Yeah. So 
um, that whenever I'm not doing something, it's very, very hard. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe in the when I first started here at ITC, there were times where I was I was definitely not as busy as I am now. But I, I probably went out and just figured out things to do. <laughs> <laughs> which is oh so so i so uh itc did not have enough tasks for you so you you're d- doing busy work no it's not that it was busy work it was just like who's who's <laughs> nice try who, who, who is uh responsible for our blog and why hasn't it been updated in a long time well i'm going to take this over and i'm going to like yeah. totally redo this. so it's just i found things that we needed to be doing better and i it was like this falls under marketing purview and so i took it on yeah and now it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I was talking, you know, you really, if, if you're ever in a position where you need, like you're out of work and you're looking for work to do, you better go find work to do. Yeah. I, I think that that's one of the, uh, the best signs of someone who is highly driven is whenever they go out and they go, you know what? I don't have enough to do. So let's go jump um, in. Let me go find another project yeah. I can help with. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Um, but speaking of marketing, mm-hmm. I, I saw this article. So we're going to talk about a, t- a topic in your wheelhouse. Yes, huh? we are. All right. Yes, we are. So uh, I can sit back and, and say very little. No, you will still contribute <laughs> <laughs> because you can't help for yourself. Once, for once I will contribute. <laughs> but I saw this, this article and it's not about insurance specifically, but I found, I found it interesting. Old Navy has announced really Gap because they're the parent company, has Mm -hmm. announced that they are shifting from their marketing around their discounts to brand-driven. And they're not the only consumer brand doing this. Adidas is doing this. Uh, What do you mean, like getting away from pricing and discounts? Because, I mean, Getting away from the marketing and advertising around their discount, around the performance, the short-driven – marketing of you know sign up now and you get this discount on the on whatever okay yeah yeah it's it's, they're they're going to value marketing versus price-based marketing right yeah right but we talked in an episode earlier this season i think it was season three not season three episode three of season three uh the next damn episode about Mm -hmm. pricing and how all of the advertising uh insurance companies are doing around pricing is actually driving a lot of consumers to shop on price. Correct. So it's inter- it was interesting to it's me. It's almost a race to the bottom. Exactly. It is a race to the bottom because when you market on price, it is a complete waste uh, race to the bottom, not waste, race. <laughs> I can articulate. Um, but the fact that it's not just insurance, that these consumer product companies uh, are recognizing that it's a mistake to do only Price-driven marketing. I think Kohl's is going to go out of business if they don't. (laughs) (laughs) Possibly. I'm surprised anybody still shops there, but I guess some people do. Well, whenever it's like 60, 70% off your entire purchase. Yeah. Okay. Either these are really highly marked up or you guys guys failed economics. Right. I mean, and that's what what advertising was a lot focused on in the beginning was value and the brand. And what changed that is the internet. Right, because now with the internet, you know, twenty, twenty-five years ago, whatever, mm-hmm. when we started using the internet to market our our companies and our products and our services, you can start tracking things, yep. and you can start measuring things that you couldn't really track to that kind of minutia detail. 
Um, and so that's what everybody started focusing on. They dropped the brand driven pricing because what's the ROI on mm-hmm. a brand driven advertisement? Yeah. It's hard to, hard to determine that. Um, and so everyone went to, well, I'm, I'm not going to spend any more, any more money on that because I don't, I can't, I don't have an ROI to show my shareholders. I don't have an ROI to show yeah. my, my CEO and CFO. So I'm going to focus on the stuff that is driving revenue and that's your short term pricing marketing. Correct. I think that what they've done is they've they've gotten gotten to the point where they're like crap, we screwed ourselves because now there's no loyalty Correct. because everything is about price. Correct, and I almost think that it's too far gone. What yeah. do you What do you think? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens over the next year or two as more and more brands go back to focusing on brand advertising, and it has to be a mix, right? Like you need your marketing to be a mix of something that's going to drive revenue and something that's going to help drive loyalty because it, you, you can't do one or the other exclusively. You need to do both. Uh, you know, what, what, what would you recommend to an agency that's wanting to do that? Is it, is it service is the differentiator? Service or? is not a differentiator. Oh, well, uh, th- th- please tell me why. Well, because what, how, are, how is your service so good? Because you answer your phone on the fifth ring? Yeah, I, if, as I, long as it's before one o'clock on a Friday, I'm just I'm just trying to figure out how how you're able to you know because driving brand loyalty, yeah, uh, or brand awareness almost is that you got to start with brand awareness, right? And in the insurance industry, I, I could walk down the street and I could go, all right, you know, let's play the feud. I'm going to give you five, you know, five top answers are on the board, <laughs> and you'd be like, who would you name? Rattle quick, go. I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. Why am I doing this? <laughs> I was thinking ahead. Okay, well, um, I, I was asking, uh, how many t-shirts do you have? T-shirts do I have? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, real question. Real quick, uh, rattle off five insurance companies, go. Progressive, State Farm, Geico, uh, Nationwide, Allstate. There you go. The ones that advertise... Almost every commercial break. Yeah. How does a agency around the world, around Texas, around the U.S. actually get past that? Well, you got to focus on the local. A lot of a lot of agencies will focus more on the local aspect and being a part of the community than you know a, this great big brand that you call a call call center. So, how would you recommend them actually starting to build brand awareness in the community? I mean, it's it's all about face to face in some instances, mm-hmm. but also making sure your website is there in local search, um, and that's the, that's a whole nother like going down into that. But um, just making sure that you are seen visibly as part of the community, hosting events for your community, participating in community events, um, getting out and and you know letting people know that you're there and you're you're supporting the community in any way that you can. So how, once once you get that brand awareness, how would you actually build brand loyalty at that point if you're an agency? Well, it's all about doing what you say you're going to do, right? If you say I'm going to have good service, you better freaking have good service. And it's not just answering your phone on the fifth ring. Like it's you need to be going above and beyond and exceeding the expectations of consumers because service, customer service is a low bar, right? Actually providing what someone would say is good service is a low bar and – Unfortunately, mm-hmm. but there are also companies out there who are raising that bar and consumers expect personalization. They expect, you know, 
advice and help and being outreached to in some instances, like your renewal story mm-hmm. on your plane insurance. Yeah. That was horrible. <laughs> it, it was. <laughs> that was uh, the season two finale, if anybody wants to go back and listen to that, because it was bad. Um, and shame on that agency for not being more proactive in that. That's, that is poor service. Yeah. And there, I'm sure there are many agencies that are, well, I, I, I fulfilled my ethical obligation. I sent them an uh, email. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, ethical or I covered myself E-N-O-Y's. Have a nice day. Right. Uh, I, I I couldn't agree more. There, there's so many examples of insurance agencies and carriers just dropping the ball in the minimum bar. Yeah. Now, I, I think that it, it's really weird because try to call Amazon and actually talk to a person. They don't want to talk to you? No, no, no. They, 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 want, they do nothing but try to avoid you. But they'll create videos about their top products. They'll open stores that are all four-star four products or better. You know, they, they, they're, they're in the – they're the market of selling something. Right. And when you get back to the Gap and Old Navy, they're in the market of selling something. And it's a transaction. That's a customer. Grab it, go, done. Going into the agency, I think the big differentiator is the difference, as we've talked about, customer and client. Mm-hmm. And so um, how would you, as, as, as a marketer, and much better at it than I am, of get you know take your brand loyalty or your brand awareness turn it into brand loyalty by focusing around that client journey. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you recommend? Well, you got to map out a customer's a client's journey with your agency. What what when exactly are they interacting with you? At what point of their journey of buying a policy or renewing their policy are they interacting with you? And figuring out how can I improve this interaction? Is it with technology? Do I need to provide some sort of um, automated email welcome, welcoming them to the agency after they buy their first policy with me. Um, you know, at renewal time, how do I reach out to them at renewal time to let them know um, this is coming up? Let's have a conversation about your policy. You know, what what does all of that look like, and what do I need to do? What do I need to do to improve that? And then finding ways to improve that, and keeping in mind that what is what one customer, what one client might want, another one might not. If a client emails you, they don't want you to call them. They want you to email them. If a client texts you, they don't want you to call them or email them. They want you to text text them. Yeah. So it's it's being able to do all of these touches in the channels that the that particular client wants to hear from you. It's contextual marketing. Right. Is, is understand the context of, of marketing to your client at that time. Because the, the, the reality is that in the insurance market, if you want to, you know, State Farm, they have discount double check. Progressive is always beat the rate, compare your rate, right. all of that. Allstate is, you know, good drivers get discounts. Uh, nationwide is actually kind of directed towards um, uh, value-based marketing, yep. which is nice. They've gone away from it. And, you know, Farmers is also value-based, but Geico, Progressive, and State Farm, the big three, they are s- still beating each other up on price. Yep. So agents have to live with that 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 bar being set, I guess, not the bar, but that expectation that uh, consumers are going to be walking in the door concerned about price. Mm-hmm. Um, how, you know, what would you, 
how would you turn it around? How would you turn someone's price, you know, whenever they come in going, I want the best price, how do you kind of turn that around? It, it's all in how you frame it, right? This you this is the, the cheapest policy, but I really would encourage you to go with this one instead. It's $5 a month more or whatever because of XYZ, because this carrier has a better reputation in in, in uh, serving its claims. It's going to ha- you know, whatever the reason is you think that that carrier, that policy is going to be a better fit for the the client, you present them the cheapest option because that's what they came to you for. But then you also advise them on what you think is the better option yeah. for them and for the risk they're trying to protect. Yeah. Uh, well said. Perfect. Uh, and that's, I, I, I think that that, that is the struggle of every agency these days is overcoming the price-based um, mentality mm-hmm. and selling value. Now, I'm a big proponent of marketing price and selling value. So you've got to have salesmanship in there to actually flip that gear. Um, That's the one thing that I see in every single agency that we go talk to is that they're missing the ability to sell. To to change the conversation from price focus to value focus. Correct. Because they're almost too busy to actually care about that longer term. They well, there just, are some agencies who don't care about the renewals. Oh, I, they're I, all about new writing new policies. Yeah, which and, flabbergasts me. And that that the where you make your real money in business is the renewal. Right. Like you should look at your first year, you know, return on investment to be zero, effectively. That for every dollar of marketing that you spent out, you set out, you you paid for that one year. That first year is pays for that marketing. It's those subsequent years is where you make the juice. That's where you make the real money. Right. Uh, and, and and that's true for any business to be, you know, transparent about it. Right. Every business really should be looking going, okay, my first year cost of acquisition needs to be right about one, meaning dollar for dollar. And then thereafter, let's, let's have a seven year, 10 year lifetime value mm-hmm. and, and build upon that. And then that goes right back to loyalty is is holding that loyalty. And there's are there sh- uh stores that uh, you shop at that you know have held your loyalty. Yeah. Um and I don't know if it's necessarily because they've held my loyalty as much as I just really like the products that they offer. And who's that? Uh White House Black Market is one of my favorite clothing retail stores. Okay. Um you know, I shop at Market Street a lot. Like mm-hmm. I spent a lot of money on Market Street, <laughs> uh, which is a grocery store chain. I don't know how widespread they are, um, and you know that that could be more. Just and Market Street is more expensive than a lot of the chains. Right? Yes, but one of the reasons I why I guess they they have held my loyalty. You know, it's it's closer to my house for one thing, but <laughs> convenience. <laughs> it's, so convenience is part of it, but if if. They weren't so good at having really great produce, at having great options. Uh, you know, their deli, like all the ready-made food items, phenomenal. Uh-huh. Um, but they're they they're one of the few grocery chains left where someone walks the groceries out to your car uh-huh. and puts it into your car, and then takes like they don't even have cart returns out in their parking lot because. For that reason, because okay. they are supposed to walk the groceries out for you. And it always is funny to me to see the people who are obviously visiting and don't regularly shop at Market Street because they're like, oh, no, 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 I got my groceries. Yeah. <laughs> and then they leave the carts out in the parking lot, which drive me crazy. But, um, you know, that that attention to the detail 
and, and it's, it's more expensive. Where I was getting at is, is that yeah. these these places they're they're not driving off a of price. No, they're 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 blatant about it. It's like like Whole Foods just it can, and Central Market both confound me. Mm. It's like great. This exact same bag of grapes costs dollar more at Whole Foods than it does at the Kroger across the street. Why? What? What is it? It's the brand. It's, it's the brand. Yeah. It's all that. It, it, I, I never understood that. I never understood that whenever all things being equal, you are sitting there trying to sell a higher price item. And I just look at it as like you're just making more money. It's like Apple to me. They, you know, it costs like four or five hundred dollars to create an Apple iPhone, but they sell it for a thousand. Mm. And they're like, oh, well, we can make this part. Well, now cheaper. you're talking about a luxury item. Apple can be seen as a luxury type item. I, I, I understand. The status. It, Ford just did this. Um, they they were de evolving their cars, and, and auto manufacturers have done this for years. They're like, okay, they they tear cars down after two, three hundred thousand miles, and they look at all the parts and they go, this part has zero wear on it. And it's a metal gear. This is a real, this is Pontiac did this is there was a metal gear that opened, that opened up the flip up headlights back Mm -hmm. in the day. And they go, you know what? This part never wears out. So they replaced it with a plastic part because it was lighter Mm -hmm. and cheaper instead of that metal gear. Well, you know, that would, the teeth would grind down and all of a sudden your lights wouldn't open. So you had to replace this gear. And once you did it, your lights lasted forever, but they're de-evolving vehicles because now they're saying, okay, well, let's not add in the garage door opener because X percentage of our customers don't even use it. Right. And so, uh, that, that goes to the other thing is that, you know, whenever someone is actually, they, they have a product and they're like, okay, we can make this part cheaper. They don't ever pass those costs on to the customers. It's just an extra profit. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's a little frustrating. That, that's that's my my rant about consumerism today. <laughs> Sorry, I had the opportunity to slam Apple just a little bit. Any anytime you can. Yeah. Are you a pilot? <laughs> I wasn't going to bring it up this episode. Actually. <laughs> I was I was thinking about this last night. Now before I was like, I'm not going to bring it up in that episode. And then then for the bump, I was going to be like, notice I didn't bring it up. <laughs> Just, just kill it, you know. Just body slamming down. We already have a bump for this episode. I've, I don't know if I'll be able to cut that bump. But... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, it... So, it's it's marketing on price is not limited to just the insurance industry, obviously. Mm-hmm. But a lot of brands are starting to realize how. That affects them in the long term and having a short term focus is not always – a short term only focus is not the best. Is that is that going to engender you to uh, shop with them, the Gap? and I've, I have shopped at Old Navy. Mm-hmm. Not, not regularly. I'm not a, a consistent consumer of Old Navy. But I, I, I do, some, do like to go occasionally and check out their kids section for my – my kids, mm-hmm. uh, but do you th- do you think a change in, the, in that marketing is a beneficial to them, or do you think it's too late? I don't know that it's too late. It'll take time, I think, to build the loyalty back to where they would probably be saying that it's working again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, who who knows? A lot can a lot can change. I, I I'm just surprised that retail is doing as well as it is. Yeah, like, I, I think it should be worse. Why? I, I really do. Why? Just, it's too convenient to buy stuff online now. 
Well, I'm sure they have their fair amount of e-commerce versus in-store they, shopping. They do. I, I just I, – I almost get to the point where, like, I have no desire to go into stores anymore. It's just so easy to actually buy it online. Clothes or, shopping, I still do a lot in store. Well, that, that's you know, but even even then, uh, Amazon and Walmart and Target have all have generous return policies on clothes these days. Mm-hmm. So you get them and you're like, ah, oh, it doesn't fit, return it. And Target and Walmart and Kroger and all these ones that have like you order online and pick it up right now. That's a great benefit instead of having Amazon have to build all these warehouses all over the place. Walmart has a whole bunch of warehouses. They're called stores. Well. They own Whole Foods now, so there's yeah. your warehouse. Well, yeah, they. I'm, I'm talking about all, of all their stuff. They don't have a storefront that has almost everything that a Walmart has no. sitting there. And sometimes, you know, they, they go, well, we don't stock that here in Dallas, so that's going to be shipping from Georgia. And, you know, Walmarts, they're like, well, most stores, all of our stars ha- have all of our stuff, effectively. So I, I am surprised that uh, retail is doing as well as it is. I think there are just some things you can't. Which which is by the Replace. way, yeah. But what, what you know, when I say retails are doing better, it's more like they're doing better than I thought they would be. Right. They're still not doing well. No, no. And you know, as long as you have the the forethought and the planning, you can do a lot of your shopping, if not all of your shopping, online for Christmas. But the closer you get to Christmas, and the more you put it off, you're forced to go into store because you're not going to get it in time. You're done shopping, aren't you? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, my problem is I start my shopping in August and I scroll it away <laughs> and then I get to this time of the year. And I'm like, okay, what have I bought? What do I still need? I can't remember. So you're like Car- Clark G- Griswold where he puts gifts up in the ceiling <laughs> yeah. and forgets them there. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I am. Uh, so I'm I'm finally to a point where I can really start wrapping up everything and checking where I am and then getting the final things. I, I'm pretty close to being done. What's your favorite Christmas movie? Love Actually. Okay. I watched it probably two or three times every Christmas. I didn't know it was a Christmas movie. <laughs> you didn't know it was a Christmas movie? No. Have you ever seen it? Uh, Sure. Don't lie. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I think I saw it three times in the theater when it first came out. Really? Yeah. What's it about? What's it about? Yeah. Oh, man, it's about Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... I don't remember. I don't know how many. I'm going to get so much grief by saying I haven't seen it. Yeah, you, you know are. that? It's like people are like, oh my God, you haven't seen it? Yeah. Um, it's... It's it's got a bunch of different micro stories within the movie, so it's not one plot. Okay, but it's got a, a huge list of British movie stars in it. Okay, Alan Rickman, Emma Thompson, Alan Hugh Rickman. Grant, Colin Firth, uh, the guy from Walking Dead. I forget his name. Yes. Andrew Lincoln. Yes, um, that was before Walking Dead, actually. So it's uh, Mr. Bean is in it, like. <laughs> There's not being Mr. Bean. Not being Mr. Bean. Yeah. I mean, sort of, but not really Mr. Bean. Liam Neeson. Not Liam Neeson. Yeah. Is that his name? Liam Neeson. So uh, do, you, do you consider Die Hard a Christmas movie? I mean, I know people will argue yes. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not a fan of it, honestly. I've really? seen it, but I'm not, in, I'm not a huge Die Hard, Die Hard fan. Yeah. Mine is absolutely uh... – um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That's a, that's a close second. That, 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 yeah. That's my absolute. Uh, I, I can quote that movie in, in real time type of thing. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah. And it, that is a really good one. But So, dear listeners, what do you think about 
the the price marketing game? Do you think these these brands are are right to focus more on brand driven marketing versus the performance marketing of pricing? Hit us up on Twitter. I am Becky L. Schroeder. Laird is L. Ricksford. You can tweet using the hashtag insurance happy hour. And if you have not already, please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Yeah. And um, this this week, uh, next week's going to be a different episode of insurance happy hour. Oh, it is. <clears throat> we might be I'm, on location. Oh. Yeah. I don't know if I'll get there in time. I have an appointment. Oh, okay. Well, then we'll have to just. <laughs> we'll have to see. <laughs> we'll have to see. Might be a fun one though. Yeah. Um, it, it, hey, I'll do a solo episode. I'll just I'll just start inviting people. <laughs> <Come> <laughs> Who over. wants to hear Laird talk by himself? <laughs> well, there's there. Uh, whenever you were on maternity leave, I actually uh, tweeted. I was like, uh, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about doing a solo <laughs> episode. I, I would have real problems doing a solo episode. It's like talking to a wall. So I, I would be like, eh. You have nobody to react to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that, that's how I operate. Is I need I need reactions. I'm a reaction <laughs> GIF. 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 Whatever. GIF, GIF. I don't care. <laughs> Let's, Let's call, call the whole, whole thing, thing off. off. Ah! <laughs> well, all right. I, th- I think it's time we wrap this up. Yeah. All right. Well, it's been a good episode. And as always, thanks for listening. better bump actually. <laughs> <laughs>